Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and we've got producer Corey right here. If you guys haven't, the NBA season has already started. We have partnered with Thrive Fantasy, and it's a DFS site. Uh, they have a variety of different games, different contests with guaranteed prizes. You can get in there, check out your props, check out some of the contests that they have, and you're picking overs and unders in each of these for, depending on the contest, between five to 10 different props. And they each have a variety of different points that they're associated with. What you do is the more you get, the riskier it is, uh, and the riskier the prop is, the more you're gonna get awarded for that. And whoever has the most points will win that type of prize pool. And there's prizes usually for a variety of the different placing schedules, depending on how big the contest is. So if you haven't, make sure you sign up. It's code promo code cash that it's in the link in my bio on my Twitter. It's in the cash that account. And you can use promo code cash that for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. So it's a good way to support us. It's a good way to kind of have some fun, build your bankroll and take advantage of all that prop knowledge that we're going to be dropping to you in these episodes, in these pods, and you know, in the rest of my in the rest of my work, Corey's work, wherever you can find it. So that's Thrive Fantasy and it's promo code cash that. So with that, we're actually tuning into the NBA. The NBA season's in full blast and got some pretty exciting news. So as you guys know, I uh, I obviously do some shows on Buckets, which is an action network podcast. And we just found out that Buckets cracked the top 50 sports podcasts on Spotify. So that's really fucking awesome. Apparently it's the first Action Network podcast to do so. And uh, it's really awesome to be part of that team. And it's nice to be able to contribute there. So I'm always there on Thursday episodes, the episodes that come out on Thursday, but uh, there's episodes dropping every Monday through Friday. So once you listen to me on Cash That, be sure to tune into Buckets the rest of the week to get your NBA picks, your best bets, what have you. one of the things that's been really interesting with the NBA so far this season is we've had a lot of like highs and lows, expectations, some teams coming out. And what I wanted to talk about today is, uh, number one, I'm going to give you my favorite bet for tomorrow. And I, there's going to be a game guide coming out, but I'll kind of give you the audiobook version of it in a minute. But it's going to be the Atlanta Hawks minus seven. And I'm going to be looking to take Trey Young and DeJounte Murray props, probably their assists. I might actually play DeJounte Murray triple-double for the first time this season. That RA prop was a fucking wagon last year. And we're probably going to be using that. Uh, we're going to be using that, I think, tomorrow as well. Um, look, I'll get into that in a minute. Um, but I love that play. And then we're also going to be looking at if you guys followed on Twitter, I gave out Tari Eason and we just missed an 18 to one double double by one rebound. That was electric. He, cl- he absolutely smashed through his points line, his rebounds line, his points and rebounds line. And that's the spot that I'm looking to take advantage of in. Uh, in this game tomorrow against the um, against the Utah Jazz again. So it's another re- it's a rematch. Should be another fast paced game. These two teams are a little bit more familiar with each other. Sangoon is out once again. He is going to get plenty of minutes. As even if we're getting ten to one on a double double, those are great odds. Like definitely try to take advantage. So he is the guy that really will fill in for Houston in that role in that spot. I love it. Try to take advantage of that. Um, But that kind of leads me into this thought process that I've had. And it's a conversation I just had with 
our good friend Brian versus the books. We'll try to have him on again soon because, you know, fuck that guy. Got to have him on. Love him. Uh, but we um, we were having a conversation about angles and like how at the beginning of the season, it's kind of tough to figure out what your angles are. There's so many moving parts. The rosters aren't the same. But and, and the, that can make it much more difficult to try to figure out where exactly we want to go with our bets. So while I think that should limit maybe potentially like your volume of plays in terms of like the number of plays that you have, because you're like, ah, like, I don't know, like this seems too good to be true or this or that. The thing to remember is like, if you do have an edge and look, I'm not saying to go out and like hammer lines that you're just like, Oh, I think I have an edge. Cause like, this is my cap. Like if you are sure that you have an edge, you should be trying to take as like advantage of that rapidly because the lines adjust. Like you don't want to say like, ah, like I think, um, you know, but if, if you've been like very well researched and you are convinced that this particular spot is a significant edge for a variety of different reasons, whether it's an injury, whether it's a fill in, whether it's like a really good matchup uh, that you don't think has been adjusted to yet. Those are all things that in my opinion, you need to take a look at your bankroll. You need to take a look at your risk management and make a decision on those and say like, I'm trying to take advantage of this now because the value won't be there later. So to give a good example of this is last year in the playoffs, we were betting a lot of Grayson Allen. We bet Grayson Allen to bet to start the season as well here. And that wound up hitting, he didn't hit the escalator uh, and the rest of the ladder, but Either way, it was still it was the right angle without Chris Middleton. So his prop line for tomorrow or for today, rather, against the Brooklyn Nets over 11 and a half. I like that. I also like over two and a half threes. It's at plus 150. And I think that that might be a little bit better of a pivot, especially if it goes to 12 and a half. At that point, I'd probably go 15 points or the two and a half threes, just based on the fact that you're going to get plus money on both of those. Um Okay, but besides that, the point of this is when Brandon first pointed it out and like when we first started jumping on this, we got a great line. We got Grayson Allen at like over seven and a half points and we bet the fuck out of it. And the reason that this is important is like the next game, because Grayson did play really well and I think he scored like 17 points. And so you had like the baseline at seven and a half. You had plus, like 10 points at maybe like plus 125, plus 140. Then you had 15 at like plus 400 and so on and so forth. The next game, they adjusted it and they moved it, moved it to nine and a half. So you're losing a little bit of value. And it, that ch- should change your analysis. Granted, in that instance, it was still worth the play, but you're, you're starting to lose value. So like when you're right and you know you're right on a particular angle, you want to jump all over it. But still, obviously, you need to manage your bankroll and manage your risk. So um, just keep that in mind, especially when you're looking to like escalate props or whatever, because the implied probability that's associated with the numbers is going to change. So that's definitely that's definitely a thing. And it's definitely something that you need to be trying to take advantage of. So with that, I'm going to look at some early season trends or like reactions that I, that I wanted to talk about. One of which is let's talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. So they obviously traded for Rudy Gobert in the off season. And that was a particularly interesting trade for, you know, a variety of reasons, Um, namely their defense. And with that, you know, 
everybody was like, oh, well, like Rudy Gobert is a great defensive anchor. He is the lead. He's going to lead you to a top 10 defense almost no matter what. Uh, but it's going to take some time to adjust because you had him and Carl Anthony Towns on the same team. So if you look right now in terms of points allowed on the defensive end, uh, Minnesota is 13th. They're allowing 108.7 points per game, points per 100 possessions, and they're only scoring 111.2 uh, per 100 possessions. So both are the defense is still like slightly above average, but it's 13th. It's not nearly where you would expect it to be. And the offense is definitely below average at the 111.2. It's at 17th league average right now is 112.4. The thing to remember here is that any type of scheme with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns is going to be very different. And these players, they're really needing to get adjusted to playing a multitude of schemes when they're playing defense. So you're going to have, when Rudy's on the floor, you're going to be playing a lot more drop. Uh, and then you're going to see Cat playing a lot more like at the level with the screener. He's going to be moving up. He's going to be put into action a lot more. And those are advantages for uh, some pick and roll plays and some advantages for like for guards or for for fours that are definitely a lot faster than Carl Anthony Towns. This is it's a tough assignment for Cat. Additionally, when Gobert comes off the floor, you're going to see. You could still see some drop with Towns obviously being the dropping big, but you're going to see a little bit more switching because that's something that Towns can do a little bit more effectively than Gobert. And you might see this as well, like if Cat's off the floor and Gobert's on the floor, um, but it's a little bit, it's going to be a little bit less common. But with that in mind, that's a lot of defensive schemes for a Timberwolves team that now doesn't have a guy like Pat Bev. And I'm not saying that Pat Bev is some like, juggernaut defensively like i think he 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 reminds me kind of of like a mosquito like he's really effective at what he does but he's fucking annoying <laughs> like and that's like the thing like he's great like he's great at spreading malaria which is like you know i gotta stop you right there joe <laughs> um i was called a mosquito today at work really by by opposing counsel um so I feel like I'm just, he's one of, he's me. I'm you are NBA. Pat Bev. Corey I is Pat me. Bev. I love this. We are mosquitoes. We are pests. Okay. So I need your thoughts then. Uh, as, a, as a fellow mosquito. I can't believe you just said that. That was very weird. <laughs> it's like I was a mosquito on the wall, you know? Yeah. And the guy um, was like super old too. So at first I didn't really get the reference. I was like, what? Because I'm from the Meadowlands. And he's like, because you're a pest. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like I'm not that full of disease, but okay. Okay, so this is the point, though. So, and I think this is important that we can illustrate it for the listeners, uh, but for the viewers, illustrate it for the listeners. Weird, but um, anyway, when you're a mosquito, you're exceptional at doing your job, but it's you're like annoying, you're like a nuisance, like you make sure that it's done properly, you know. And that's the thing with Pat Bev that I think is particularly interesting because now he's not there. He's not that defensive floor general. You and although like Gobert is an excellent defender. I think that it's important to have like a guy like that leading your defensive units and rotations because he's he would have been the guy that I would look to as like a point person for the Minnesota Timberwolves in trying to figure that out. So as a fellow mosquito, do you think that it's your attention to detail that would be missing from this defense of the Minnesota Timberwolves? It's not the attention to detail. It's the ability to hone in on one specific detail and drive somebody crazy about it. 
Yeah. Okay. Fair. That's that's perfect. It's not that's all the details. Perfect. It's just your favorite one. Yeah. So, like in this instance, a lot of it would be rotations, and you know, understanding where exactly they need to be, when they need to be there, and. Look, you'll get some of that from preseason, but you're not going to get it until you're fucking put into action by like Luka Doncic or, you know, even the San Antonio Spurs. So like the Spurs did an excellent job. The Spurs are now playing the Timberwolves tonight. Um, Last game, the Spurs actually came out and they played, they put up a number. Um, When the Spurs played uh, yesterday, they played the, or two days ago, rather, they played the Timberwolves and they won 115 to 106. And the thing that was particularly interesting to me about this was it wasn't so much that they shot like particularly well from like anywhere, like they did well from the floor. They did good from three point range, but they had 37 assists. And what this shows to me is that the rotations like pop is a great coach and the guys in the Spurs, like they might be tanking, but the players aren't tanking. We talked about this last week and what they do is they have really, they're really, they're coached really well. So even though the players, you know, might not be of like the highest quality in the league, granted like Devin Vassell, Kevin, Eldon Johnson, even Primo, excellent players. um, They know what they're doing. And they know how to take advantage of a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves who have a ton of talent and have realistically, they have much more talent than the San Antonio Spurs do, but they do everything right. So when you're doing everything right, it's going to expose a lot of these things. So granted in this game tonight, I think that there's, there's a variety of different trends that show that uh, in this particular instance, that the Minnesota Timberwolves should cover. So teams at home for the second game in a home and home back-to-back set, and they're the favorites in both games. So that would qualify as the Minnesota Timberwolves here. Um, The Wolves, that that line actually hits at a 62.2% rate with the average line being minus 6.2. So this line's moved from actually an opening of eight to nine here. And then if you... Like, so that's really the trend that kind of fits here for Minnesota. So that's at a 62.2% rate with these like home and home back to back mini series. So it's something that Minnesota can maybe figure out, but it's definitely going to be tough. So it's, it's, I'm not going to bet Minnesota based on the fact that I think they have a lot of things to learn, but they're going to have some really good tape to at least go watch. And then we'll see if they can adjust within one game or if we're going to see a lot more of the same and they're going to struggle to adjust, especially early in the season. So I'm going to be using this game with the Spurs and the Wolves as like a measuring stick for the adjustments, the specific adjustments that the Timberwolves can make, because you were seeing a lot of like dribble penetration with Vassell and Keldon Johnson. And what that was doing is when they were getting in there, they were forcing like late switches with Gobert and with Kat. And then it was opening up guys like uh, Jakob Pertl to get like these really easy layups on the interior. So if we see a lot of that tomorrow, that is going to be a major, major problem when the Timberwolves play like a much more finely tuned offensive engine. Uh, and one of those teams that they're going to be playing, which is in their division, is the Portland Trailblazers, who look fucking good. They're 4-0. They have a plus 8.8 point differential. They're scoring 116.4 points per 100 possessions and only allowing 107.6. They've been underdogs in literally like every game. They have yet to be a favorite, and they are just 
bruising right now. And this is something I think we're going to see. Uh, Dame and Anthony Simons look great together. Uh, I think it's there. It's I think we're kind of seeing that Dame might have just been hurt last year, and that was really what the problem was. Uh, he's, he's obviously not washed or anything. He's an excellent offensive player. But this team, I'm really curious to see like what happens with them because they have all the talent in the world. But I'm very like skeptical, I guess, about if this is something that they can sustain, uh, how they'll be in the playoffs. But I, I'm definitely curious, and I, and I definitely think that they're going to be – they're a little bit more of a contender than I would have thought to start the season. Um, additionally, one of the things that I really like about – this team is like, they're, they're not, they just had a great game against the Denver nuggets in terms of their like effective field goal percentage. I think they were at, or they almost set a record for single game effective field goal percentage. But what I like is they're, they are really taking good shots. They're actually not dependent on the three ball either. They're really get, getting to and attacking the rim and they're getting to the rim at 44 for 44.1% of their attempts. That's tremendous. And it's, led them to the number three location, like location of expected effective field goal percentage. So that I think is particularly interesting. And the combo of Dame and Simons is great. Um, you know that we have to obviously talk about the New York Knicks. Uh, the Knicks look good. Um, one of the things that's been incredible for them is obviously having a real point guard in Jalen Brunson. And right now, uh, they've opened his assist line. Nope, they didn't open it yet. Randall's at four and a half. Barrett's at two and a half. Gordon Hayward's at four and a half for this game against the Charlotte Hornets. The Knicks are eight point favorites. I'm probably not going to mess with that spread. But if you see Jalen Brunson, his assist line at five and a half again, bet it and don't even look back. It opened at four and a half on the season. It's moved to five and a half and they've kind of just been slowly changing the juice hit that again. Like if it's there, um, it's absolutely like a must bet. I think that it's a great spot. Like you, I think that you have to continue to play it until they adjust it, but it really does go to show you just how important having that type of point guard play is for this roster. And the Knicks, even though they're 18th in effective fuel percentage on the season, their expected is 12th. Um, and it's just slightly above league average, but they're getting better they're getting better shots. You're not seeing the ball stick as much. Brunson's been a much more uh, efficient facilitator than like RJ Barrett or Julius Randle at the top. And then also like the bench units continuing to be a wagon with Derek Rose, Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin. They're, they're really fun to watch right now. And um, I'm pretty high on them moving forward. Uh, additionally, one other team that I wanted to talk about was obviously the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers look pretty bad. Honestly, they are 30th in effective field goal percentage. So they're last at 46%. Uh, what's stunning is that they're continuing to take the eighth most threes in terms of frequency. So they have the fourth best expected field goal percentage. But the problem is they're like LeBron alluded to this. They just don't have the personnel for that. So they're shooting a league worst 21.6% from three. And like, yeah, like you should expect some sort of regression to the mean here, but I mean, this is, this is crazy. Like they just don't have the shooting and Russell Westbrook, he's going to be out or it looks like he's doubtful at least for tonight with 
a hamstring injury that apparently he's been quote unquote dealing with since the preseason, but shooting 8% from three, they're leaving these guys open for these shots for a reason. They're just not letting them get to the rim and they're just not able to get there because the Lakers are shooting 70% of the rim, but they're only getting to the rim uh, on, you know, on 40% of their shots, which is like still high relative to the rest of the league. But you can't balance that out with shooting 20% from three. So it's a major problem for the Lakers. And I'm really curious to see what exactly what exactly they try to do here. Because when you look at these rotations and you look at these on-off splits, um, if you put, as long as you have Russell Westbrook off the court, uh, right now the Lakers are a minus eight point, they're a minus 8.6 in all of their lineups. Um when you take Russell Westbrook off the court, they're a minus 7.4. Uh, when you add LeBron James and Anthony Davis on, it, there's not going to be a lot of possessions with this, but those lineups are in 38 possessions plus 13.2. So the spread tonight is plus six, Lakers plus six at the Denver Nuggets. And honestly, like if Westbrook's out, it's going to be hard for me to not take the Lakers at plus six here. When you look at the fact that Anthony Davis is really like a good defender for a guy like Jokic and that even, even though it's a really small sample size, 38 possessions, the Lakers are plus 13.2 in terms of point differential in those possessions with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the floor. So I, I think that it, the ball shouldn't stick as much. LeBron won't feel like he has to defer to Westbrook to maybe improve his, uh, trade value. And uh, I think, I think it's a great spot for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, now I wanted to bring you back real quick because I said uh, I really like the Atlanta Hawks in this matchup. And this was such a dynamic trade that they made to go and get DeJounte Murray from the San Antonio Spurs. When they did that, it, a lot of people questioned the fit because they were saying, well, why are you trying to like trying to pair two like essentially elite point guards and elite engines to on offense um, in like on one team? Like, why are you trying to do that? It seems, I don't know, like a little counterintuitive or it's not going to, the fit is questionable. It's not necessarily going to work that well. And what it's done is it's actually the Hawks have really essentially traded all of their bench depth that was more offensive oriented for defensive bench depth. So not only is Murray a better defender um, than, you know, they were running out Herder before uh, they are able to pair him with, you know, Deandre Hunter, their length, it can cause like a variety of different issues for opposing teams. So they're, even though they're only scoring 108.2 points per hundred possessions right now, I'm still hopeful about the offense because they're allowing just 107.9 points per 100 possessions on defense. So we know that the defense is good right now, but we're kind of waiting for the offense to start clicking. So the thing that's interesting about their offense is it's something we had Matt Issa on a while ago. Uh, and Matt, he writes for a variety of different sources, uh, but this particular article he wrote was for SB Nation. And he broke down the Atlanta Hawks offense. And one of the things that they've been doing is they've been running a lot of two guard action with a combination with obviously with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. 
And there's been varying levels of complexity between curl cuts, staggered screens, and obviously horns. So what this is doing is horns is like you have a ball handler at the top of the key and then two players kind of at the elbow. And then you kind of work off of that and the players kind of move around and you're trying to create space. And even with like staggered screens and curl cuts, you're essentially what you're doing is you're giving these two players the ability to optimize their talent. And the way that we're doing that is it's obviously a very, it's all complicated offensive schemes with these two ball handlers, but the offense needs to be complicated because it's giving them both the opportunity to get downhill so they can drive score and facilitate. Um, Why do we not just take, Trey Young and put him in the corner because he's an excellent shooter and let DeJounte run the offense. It's because at the end of the day, Trey is a better offensive engine, as good as DeJounte is. So in this particular matchup against the Detroit Pistons, which is the first, it's number one, it's Detroit is on the second game of back-to-back and they had to travel um, from DC back to Detroit for this game. Uh, So they're at a rest disadvantage and a travel disadvantage, even though they're going home. This is a spot where I really think that Atlanta is going, you're going to see this offense really start to come out and you're going to start to see them really shine in this moment. And part of this is because I think that the Pistons backcourt is relatively inexperienced. Uh, Obviously they have Cade Cunningham, but if you're looking at this, you have Jay Nivey, he's a rookie, Sadiq Bey, a couple years in the league. And, you know, you have Killian Hayes, who Dwayne Casey just continues to try to play. Um, but with that in mind, with this type of like super, super complicated and aggressive offensive scheme, this is a spot where I think Atlanta's strengths are really going to shine through. So I'm going to be looking to take Atlanta on the spread. I bet it at minus six. It's already moved to like minus seven, minus seven and a half. And I love this spot for them. And it's, it's really just that I don't trust this core of Detroit to be able to keep up with that high level and complex offense that Atlanta is going to be running at them. Uh, and I think that this is going to be a very difficult spot for the Detroit Pistons, uh, both in terms of schedule and in terms of matchup. So with that, I'm going to be looking to play. Um, I'm going to be looking to play some assist props for both Trey and DeJounte. And considering the fact that, Detroit is relatively poor in terms of defensive rebounding and they allow like their opponents to have a good uh, offensive rebounding percentage, then uh, this is an opportunity for Capella to get some extra looks. It's an opportunity for, uh, for Murray to get some of his own rebounds or Trey to get some of his own rebounds. So I really like this spot. And I think that Atlanta is going to entirely dictate the pace of that game. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at with the NBA right now. Uh, there's there's obviously a lot of moving parts. And one of the things that I'm going to be trying to do, uh, and it's a new article that I'm going to be working on for the Action Network, is every Monday, last year, we I had been doing a, part, a piece with Dan Titus, and it was like our fantasy forecast. But instead, we're going to be calling it, it's just going to be me because Titus has moved on to uh, Yahoo as their lead fantasy analyst. But it's just going to be me, and we're going to be doing a piece called uh, like my player prop forecast for the week. So I'm going to be looking at some matchups that I'm looking at in advance, uh, some spots that I'm looking at guys to target or some up and comers or, you know, some guys maybe returning from injury that could potentially change the circumstances or change their prop lines, change the matchup. 
uh, moving forward. So I'm really looking forward to that piece coming out. And I think that's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for, for me to write. And I think it's going to be fun for you guys because anybody that sees it or reads the piece is going to be able to say like, Oh, this is an angle. I read about that. I've been waiting for this, or I, I know that this is a spot that I want to bet, or maybe this is a spot that I thought I was going to want to bet, but I'm going to stay off of that for now. Um, but in terms of forecast, obviously the weather is getting a little cooler. Producer Corey, how are you doing today? I'm cold as ice, baby. It's fucking hockey season. The Devils are on a tear right now. Currently up four to one against Detroit. Um, yeah, go see a go see a hockey game. I'm going Sunday. That's my recommendation. Very excited. Uh, weekend matinee games. There's nothing like them. Ooh. Your whole night ahead of you, so it's kind of nice. You didn't ruin every, like your whole day. Yeah. Um, I need to like stop watching football at this point. The, I mean, um, the Giants can't do any better. I know, and they are giving me fucking like heart palpitations. I can't take it much any longer. I gotta watch something else for a bit. Hockey's no. a great way to break it up. Basketball's at night on most weekdays. Weekends, baby. Give me hockey at 2 p.m. I'm a happy man. Um, I hope the Devils don't lose on my birthday. Hey, hopefully hopefully they don't. I mean, for everybody that knows, producer Corey's birthday is a day that many people love. Producer Corey kind of hates. Yeah, it's, it's getting old. So... Um, Make sure that you guys all wish Corey a happy Halloween. Um, yes, and, uh, for, for sure do that. Let him know that. Let him know what you're going to be wearing for Halloween. What kind I of costume care. you're going to be wearing. Because he loves the fact that his birthday parties always turn into costume parties. Yep. Are you, you going to recommend cost, costumes? Nope. Just be yourself, <laughs> man. Just be your fucking self. So Corey's birthday is not on Halloween. Corey's birthday is on the 30th. So it's you a, call it a mischief night, correct? Yes. It's mischief night. What's that other thing that other weirdos call it? That has blown my mind. Goosey something. That's crazy to me. That's crazy. I don't know. It's mischief night. Um, yeah. If so, you called it something else weird, leave a comment. I'm definitely curious to know. Yeah. Please advise. It's quite, um, quite a weird awakening that I had recently. Speaking of speaking of shitty names for things, uh, one of the recommendations that I have, this is obviously like this is not for everybody. This is not something that you can just readily do uh, depending on your circumstance. But I'm going to recommend oblong toilet bowls. Look, I, they are just exponentially better. If you've never had an oblong toilet bowl, you've obviously number one, you've never gone to the bathroom in public. Um, but. Um, they're just a, they're just a much better experience for the user, I would say. Um, I think that you know you got a little bit more space and it's a little more runway. Yeah, like you just if you, look, it's it's your porcelain throne. Make sure that it's a good one. Um, so you know, obviously, with the rise of chilly season, this is an important recommendation. And uh, you know, as the weather gets a little bit colder. Uh, so there's that. And then my second recommendation, it's actually going to be, I've been getting these, like, I've been getting these, like, I don't even know how to describe them. They're like these candies at Target and they're, they're called like, Hey, is it Heyday Or I don't know. That's like their brand for everything, but they're, they're in the candy aisle and they're these like long tubes and they're filled with like a white, like, 
I don't know, like some sort of can. It's just can. There's just long tubes. And then they have the other ones that are chopped up and they're sour and they're put in the bag. I love them. So I just, I'm a big fan of sour candy. It's, it's been excellent. And, uh, you know, to balance that out, obviously, you know, you got to keep going to the gym. So I'm also recommending the Stairmaster. It's a great way right now. I feel like the gyms haven't really decided whether to use their heat or their air conditioning. So instead you just have, it has been all over the place this last yeah. two weeks. Do so you just have like a really hot gym? I came back to my house after work today. It was 73 degrees. I almost left right away. I almost just came in and left. I didn't know what like, to do. You, like, do you run the air right now? Yeah, it's on right now. Yeah, the same. I need it. I don't know I what to do anymore. On. I got to be able to sleep at night. Yeah, so I run the air, but the gym doesn't, which is great because then you're just sweating like a pig. And then it rationalizes. Yeah, just lean into the hot aspect, right? Yeah. Like so I bet it rash- hot yoga studios right now are like saving a bundle on, on energy costs. Oh, wow. That's true. That's true. I just have to like moderately turn up their heat a bit and they're good to go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So there's that. So obviously Stairmaster and then uh, one more candy recommendation because it's the holiday season uh, for Halloween, Corey's favorite holiday. Um, but I got these nerds clusters and Dude. it's like they're crazy. Dude, they're crazy. It's like nerds rope, but in little individual better. clusters. Yeah. It's better. It's way better. And so I'll tell you when I when I okay. was awoken to that, uh, when I saw the light, I was in a movie theater, and I was like, I haven't had candy in a movie theater in forever. What the hell do we even have here? And I was like, Oh, I like nerds. I like nerds rope. It kind of looks like the same thing. I ate them until my tongue was like numb. It was <laughs> so, so good. good. They're so good. And I may or may not have some THC ones. Which are dangerous because you can really only have like one or two. Oh man! But you, you want to keep going. You ever? You ever? It's very you, difficult you know to. I feel like whenever you do something like that, you need to buy whatever the real candy is, and then mix the one or two in with the rest of the bag of candy. Nah, I, what I do is get the or bag of candy, and then wait for about an hour to go by after <laughs> you have the first one, and then you definitely want the bag. Then you want the whole bag. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's, that's fair. That's when, you know, that's when the, the, the clock strikes time to eat. Yeah. All right. So with that, you know, uh, get your candy in. Wish Corey a happy Halloween. Potentially wish him a happy birthday. But if you do, make sure that you're wearing your costume while you do. Um, and make sure to ask Corey what he's being for Halloween because he loves that question, especially when you ask him on a Saturday, what are you doing for Halloween? And instead, he's going to some weird banquet where he's just going to go try to find an oblong toilet bowl, the most expensive oblong I toilet I will bowl. be reporting back on how I will try to find more than one toilet. I want to see what we're working with. I will report back. All right. So with all that, stay on your golden thrones, everybody, and let's cash that. Yeah, it's a great place. It really is.
feet from